Hello and welcome to Dorks on Sports, a podcast about four dorks talking about sports. My name is Daniel. Joining me as always is Curtis Eastwood. Curtis, how are you doing over there? I'm glowing. Uh, Me too. This is a great day for Seattle sports. And I cannot wait to talk (laughs) about it because I am having fun in all phases of Seattle sports. Alana, how's it going? It's going well. I am drinking uh, Highland Park 12 tonight. Oh, I nice. just follow, you can't really see it. Uh, have good scotch. Not mm. the best scotch, but a good one. Cheers. And I don't have to work for the next three uh, until Tuesday. So <laughs> next nice. six, seven days, whatever. Congratulations. Like a little mini vacation. Yeah. Well, oh, I'm goodness. going to Savannah. Uh, oh, man. On Thursday. How about that? Mm-hmm. Um, that's awesome. Well, um, I wish you uh, safe travels. Millie, how's it going over there? It's going great. Thanks. Yeah. How's the fantasy team doing? So great. Thanks. I uh, I uh, hit the trifecta this week. I won what? both my regular leagues and once again came in first in my guillotine league. Congratulations. Um, Did you have a Joe Mixon on any of your teams? I did not. Thank okay. you. Joe Mixon. <laughs> which I think is the case for most folks who won their games. Um, no, I am super duper proud. And you will all be thrilled to know that one of those uh, teams is led by none other than Geno Smith. Nice. nice. Yeah. Yep. 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 Finally got a hold of Geno. So Good I get call. to get real excited about that every week and uh, yeah, flying high. You know, there, there might be some hope for me to get into the playoffs yet. There's just enough weeks to turn this around. So what's um, your, what's your record then? Oh gosh. I'd have to look it up. Uh, I think in, in one, I'm what three and no, I think I've only won two, no, three games I have to update for the last week in the one league I've won three games. And I think in the other one, I've won four games. <laughs> so, so not great. I got just enough time to turn it around and make the playoffs. You're a little um, more my, Arizona Cardinals than Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Except for my guillotine team, which, right. you know, uh, I have slowly acquired fantastic pieces. I've been smart, I think, with my budgeting, but I'm down to like 70 something dollars for my original $1,000. So uh, I need everyone tight. to stay healthy. As long as they stay yeah. healthy, <laughs> I see a path. Yeah, good. Um, well, uh, the Seahawks, uh, are, are, uh, are a nice and healthy team right now. And that's a bit of good luck, you know, Jamal Adams, notwithstanding. Um, but even or still Rashad right, Penny. and Rashad Penny, uh, but maybe the strength of this team is that the two men, um, you know, who replaced them are playing balls out. I mean, yeah. Walker, who's a generational talent, but Ryan Neal just coming out of nowhere mm. and having a Pro Bowl season. Um, I, you know, I don't know I, I, who could have expected that. I think he's playing out of his mind and, you know, um, really. He might be the second player best right player now. on the defense right now. That, that's how I feel. I mean, you know. The, I, don't know, I understand with, why they started with Josh Jones. Like, that didn't make any yeah. sense. Um, Neal was injured. Oh, thank you. Yeah. He, well, he, you know, he, when, when Neal went down with uh, with some cramps and it looked like you know, maybe he was injured. Uh, I was a little scared. I was like, I don't know how this defense will fare without uh, Ryan Neal. 
Um, he's doing well. The whole team is doing well. This is one of the funnest teams to watch in the league. Um, they went to Arizona and took care of business in a dominating way. Once again, um, the game wasn't nearly as close as the score indicated. I thought it was dominating from start to finish, um, even with, you know, Gino's um, big mistake. Uh, they couldn't do anything on either side of the, I mean, you know, they let Seattle kind of do whatever they wanted. And, um, uh, and Seattle held Kyler Murray to, you know, five yards per attempt. Um, you know, Kyler got some runs in, but not enough. Um, and then they were able to shake rattle and roll him and get some turnovers and that they just, you know, made that entire sideline implode. Um, I thought it was a really great game. I thought, again, Waldron was showing off his prowess. Uh, just when I thought, you know, we couldn't say anything better about Gino, uh, here he comes and, you know, he throws a pick six, but comes back to lead three scoring drives, I think, you know, right after to just bury the team. And again, he did it in the fourth quarter. Um, so Gino's legit. Uh, Gino can close out a game. That was kind of the one thing everybody was talking about. Well, it's Gino Smith. Can he close out a game? He can close out a game. Two weeks, uh, in, a row. Two weeks in a row. Yeah. I, uh, what did you think, Curtis? What did you see? What are you excited about? Yeah, I had two really big prevailing thoughts in the conclusion of the game. Um, the one thought I had, um, which is great for the Seahawks, is that um, they're a dangerous team right yeah. now. I mean, they're they're a team that if other teams aren't looking at them on their schedule and being nervous about having to play them right now, uh, they're not being coached to run very well. Um, <laughs> they um, <clears throat> they should make teams nervous. I'm quite sure that, you know, that a desperate um, Buccaneer team is probably looking at this one and going like, ooh, you know. Yeah um for <laughs> poor buccaneers by the way this is quote unquote their home game mm -hmm. but it's really seattle's home game seattle has the, uh yeah, have the, a huge following in germany huge following. they're the like, second they most the, popular team in germany yeah yeah they have the biggest social media following in germany there's going to be like a big team uh uh party over there mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. so that's going to be great who's the most popular team the uh the patriots uh, and it's because of when the timing of when the NFL started to be shown in Europe was right during the meet of the Patriots dynasty. And that's part of the reason they chose Tampa and Seattle because of Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Um, and then, and Seattle. then Seattle, they knew they would have a draw. I think I think that game is going to be fucking fantastic. And I'm I do too. so glad that I will be on the East Coast. Because I don't have to get up at six thirty, I can get up at nine thirty. I know like, I have to set an alarm to watch a football game. I, I'll right. do it, but come on. I'm so excited about this because I get up normally at like five five thirty. <laughs> so this is like, I mean, the whole house is going to be asleep. Oh, that's true. Watch a football game. Yeah, uh, there's not going to be somebody coming in and like trying to like bounce off my head, <laughs> and it's like I'm just I'm 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 thrilled about this. The other prevailing thought I had at it coming out of this game was just it was it was an interesting observation for me to see just how 
contrasting uh, the Seahawks and the Cardinals are as um, organizations, I mm-hmm. think, how they're mm-hmm. run. Um, from the coaches to the quarterbacks to everything, I think where Seattle seems to be a team that feels like a Cinderella story, that they're all playing for each other and they're these feisty underdogs. Um, I don't I don't see any juice coming out of Arizona outside of dysfunction. You know? Yeah. And I just want to say they paid in this offseason, they paid their general manager a big hefty five-year contract. They paid Cliff Kingsbury the same big hefty five-year contract. And they just gave a five-year contract to Kyler Murray, who I just think is a kind of a punk right now. And I don't think I don't think he's got his players around him at all. Mm-hmm. Um, no. So that's an interesting situation right there. And knowing how the Barnwells seem to be kind of, that's, they're the, are they the one who, who owns that team down there? Is it I think the Barnwells do. I think you're right about that. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, I think they're kind of fickle with money. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what they do. If they eat contracts of the coach to try and get another coach. But then I was like watching. Sorry, Bidwell, Bidwell. Bid, bid, Bidwells. Okay, yeah. So it's just a real interesting, like, I mean, where Seattle seems to have sort of a rebirth within its football program. Um, the Arizona Cardinals just seem like a genuinely like a hot mess that I don't know how they get out of that. I don't that was know. actually my biggest takeaway out of watching this game was was just like on the opposite ends of the spectrum both of these teams sort of be seem to be on a hundred percent I and the thing you know this is the thing I've always had a problem with Kingsbury is that I know I don't see an identity on that team like mm-hmm. what does he do like what what is that offense and it's even worse now now it, you, you know Kyler isn't even doing you know sort of like those athletic um things that were you know letting them win some football games um i don't know that whole thing is a mess and i think it just further proves why pete carroll should be considered coach of the year um millie what did you see what were your favorite parts about that team and where do you think it's headed uh i really had yet another fantastic time watching seahawks football me too. This past weekend, because they remain one of the most fun teams to watch. Uh, I was not quite in the same mind as you were in feeling like we had this game in hand and dominated for the entire, the entirety. Um, I things felt pretty even to me in the first half. Um, I didn't see us running away with it. I remember thinking, you know, I. I don't want to be right in picking the loss <laughs> that I did only pick to ensure the win. Um, but uh, I was, a, I was a little more nervous. It was a pretty remarkable watching that pick six and seeing Gino just turn around, focus in and move on I in loved a way it. that you always, Oh, you just gotta, you gotta brush that off. You know, the stupid things the announcers say, they didn't have to say it because it's just what he did. You yeah. know, there was, there was nothing rattled. It was a, Hmm. Yep. Shouldn't have done that. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> it was, there was nothing to it. And um, that kind of focused play 
is is so interesting to watch like you just don't see a lot of that in general in the nfl everything feels so hectic and chaos ball that it was i'm enjoying a slightly less chaotic team version <laughs> seattle where i feel like you know crazy shit happens but it's it feels focused it doesn't feel like we're on the edge of a cliff with every player mm. either, which is there how are numerous, there are numerous seahawk players post game that were asked the question of what they thought you know at the sideline when that pick six happened and like they all said how calm geno smith was and assuring like, like no we're gonna we're gonna go we're gonna go out and we're gonna score and we're gonna have to get the lead again don't worry about it's, it again. it's that same sort of feeling like the week before with Lockett, where it was like i got you we're gonna do this again and you're gonna be yeah. fine yes. you know anytime there's there's something that could shake a team he is definitely a leader in reminding everybody like it's, it's one play it's one score yeah. it's, it's and that's, fine it's another it's another example of just that like superior confidence geno smith has going into this season like there is nothing that is going to shake that guy is there is there a quarterback more confident than geno smith right now in the nfl you know i don't know it hurts yeah and mahomes i'll, I'll give you that yeah, well, I, I I think Mahomes, Mahomes struggled a little bit on on Sunday night. I kind of thought. yeah, but he won the game. He won right. the his game. play won the game. Which I, is actually part I, of what, go ahead, Millie. It's part of what concerns me about the game to come is Brady has looked so bad, and this last game was yet again so bad. I mean, they were about to lose to a team they shouldn't lose to, and um. <laughs> But with what the only thing that's making me nervous is that they did get it together and Tom Brady was Tom Brady in a final drive where he said, No, 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 this isn't happening. Yeah. I will make this, I will make this happen. I will manifest it. And he did. And I swear I thought he was gonna fall to his knees and cry. You could <laughs> you could see that how much it meant to him and yes. his hug with the coach on the sideline. Yes. Like there was sort of an emotional break that was about to happen if he didn't win this game. hundred um, percent. My, I, I wish they'd lost it because I would have loved to have had them that much of a rung lower coming in to Germany. Oh, you know, actually I'm on the opposite end of it. I'm, I'm sort of happy they won it because now mm -hmm. I feel like they're going to feel the confidence of coming up against <laughs> like I, I, I to me, it's like a more desperate Tom Brady led team that has a pretty good defense actually makes me a little bit more nervous with Seattle looking at the schedule and everything like that. Now them winning this game, I think probably makes Seattle go like, yeah, we got to fucking take the bucks seriously. Now they still have the goat playing quarterback and, you know, he can win. So uh, yeah, just, yeah. yeah, I absolutely agree with, with that. It keeps the Seahawks humble and, and on the same trajectory they've been on. Um, I just liked my Tom Brady a little more unsure of himself, which is how he's looked. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I'm with you though, Millie. If if they had lost against the Rams, that might have been a backbreaker to Tom Brady. Has has he ever started a season that poorly? Well, he's never started a season as poorly as they were going into last week's game. I mean, yeah. 
He's never had yeah. that. Before. That yeah. that might have been a backbreaker to that Tom Brady uh, uh, ego. Um, um, yeah, I, that's going to be a really that's going to be a really fun game. Um, I think that the Seahawks are going to have to lean on their run game a little bit. Uh, the the Bucks aren't great against the run, um, and you know the way to you know, play Tom Brady is to keep him off the field. So, you know, you want more of those nine minute drives like the Seahawks had at the end of, um, at the end of Sunday's game, which were brilliant drives, just like those, that, that classic Pete Carroll, we're going to pound the ball down your throat and we're just going to take all the time off this clock. Um, That said, Ken Walker, the third, like, I think he had only 36 yards in the first half and then ripped off 76 yards in the second half. If there was a game that was going to, I, 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 I'm going to say this for two players, if there was a game that was going to um, add to his resume for offensive rookie of the year, like the game you go, that was the game where, you know, Ken broke out. I would say it was Sunday's game. And it wasn't because he had a lot of stats, but because he was instrumental in closing that game out. And I'm going to say the same about Geno Smith. If Geno Smith gets any MVP votes, you're going to look back on this game and you're going to go, that's why Geno Smith is the MVP, because he can take a team that should have lost on a backbreaker play and took him down the field, you know, for three scores to to bury a team in the fourth quarter. Not only three scores, but three touchdowns. And not only three touchdowns, but two consecutive 13-play drives that ended in touchdowns. Yeah. Like, that's – the backbreaker was not the intercept – the pick six. The backbreaker was the methodical running down of the clock 100%. by the Seahawks. Just – Counting them and like and doing it with a good mix of run and pass and then yes. that last that third drive that that's when he, we basically said all right Ken close it and he yeah. did and that's totally like, closer yeah that's what's great about him like he's different than all he's different than Marshawn he's different than um uh Curtis uh Kurt sorry, Warner Kurt, Kurt Warner he's different than Sean Alexander because his primary skill is being ready to go in the fourth quarter. Like, I mean, yes, he can move like Barry Sanders a little bit, but like he's ready to go and ready to get those yards that he's been uh, priming the defense to get once he gets into the fourth quarter. And, yeah. and that's why I think we can potentially look at him as a generational talent. I, don't, I, I mean, like you, you were saying that earlier, and I was like, potential. A potential generation right. of talent. I don't want to get the cart too far out of the horse, but he's great. Um, the, one of the things that I, 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 when I was watching him this Sunday, I, I was thinking about this, and he's the type of running back that he's a home run hitter, right? Like mm-hmm. Sean Alexander, he's gonna he's gonna search for that hole that's mm-hmm. gonna that's gonna break him out for like that sixty yard run, but. While he is a home run hitter like that, a lot of times those home run hitter types, they 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 get stymied a lot at the line of scrimmage or they get tackled mm-hmm. for loss because they're always kind of bouncing around and searching for that hole that's going to like rip one. 
the thing about Ken Walker is that he's quietly like this six yard assassin. Like he quietly just gets these giant, these chunk plays. That's like five yards, six yards, eight yards. And that's the kind of thing that'll just break. He when to get skinny back. Yeah. He gets skinny. He, it's like, like, his a, little he's like a rat crawling through a hole the size of a quarter. Like it's, just... that's exactly what it looks like. That's exactly what it looks like. And you think he should only get three yards. And then all of a sudden, like they're two yards from a first down. Uh, mm. but but that's this that's why they're converting like 63% of their third downs now or whatever that is. I mean Geno Smith has a lot to do with that too. But you know, I I I, I, I that's that's one of the reasons why this offense has been as successful as it has. Um and I think one of the biggest differences between this Geno you know, Waldron offense and the Russell offense of the past five years or whatever, which wasn't great on third down. Um, but um, man, Ken Walker, he's fun to watch. Um, and I think and I love that we can just throw in a little Homer every now and then to be the bowling ball opposite of the get skinny. I love Homer. Oh, I love him. Yeah, yeah he's great. better than I thought he would be. He yeah. Totally. Absolutely. I've never been a big I mean, I've never been a big believer in him as like a anything more than like just the sort of change of pace kind of back. But I sort of feel like if Walker got hurt and we had to sort of like lean into Homer for, you know, a couple 50, games, 20, for a game, yeah, you know, carry the <laughs> game like it's just like he, he could he could potentially do it like he's. I feel like he's built up his body more than he's been. In the I past. agree. I like and DJ Dallas is no slouch right now either. I think DJ no, 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 no. yards. If only he could feel the punt. <laughs> oh, if only anybody could feel the punt. If only anyone could. And we had a good punt returner since uh, like the early 10s with like that Leon Washington era. Yeah. Lockett was. I tonight. mean, Lockett in his first year. But yeah, then after you know, that, we were like, we want to on the offense. And it was like, I want to talk about, about I want to talk about Lockett here for a minute because he was getting a little railroaded by some Seattle fans on Sunday because he made a business decision <laughs> to slide like a couple yards on a fourth down. And this is what I want to say about that. Third down. Lockett isn't a young man anymore. And he's not a big man. And I would rather have Tyler Lockett make a business decision and not convert a first down than potentially get blown up and out for the year, especially because he's nursing an injury right now. But, and I just, because you all listen to a lot more radio and, and know these things that I don't, but was it actually that, or did he think he'd gotten to the first down marker? Cause that's what it looked like on television. There's, it looked there's like, he thought he got there. He got up with the whole, like, I got the first down. And yeah, like, my no, initial no, thought didn't. is I thought it was a business decision, okay. but, and that's only because I feel like I've seen this in other games this season where I haven't seen it for him, where he just sort of stops and slows and like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get crunched by this safety, right? He now. goes down like a quarterback. But he's also, he's, he's, he's 30 years old. And exactly. This is my point. Yeah. Like, it's just like, I don't mind Tyler Lockett occasionally making a business decision. <laughs> I mean, he got, he, he got freaking leveled. He got By, lit. Uh, that Collins dude on yeah. that, like that, that, that third and 12 catch that he did. So like, 
no one big catch Tyler Lockett's toughness when the game is on the line. Oh but. yeah, Agreed. that touchdown too. I mean, he was on his ass catching that mm-hmm. touchdown. Like he's, a, he's, he's, he's a tough little firecracker. I just, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, my initial thought was like, was a business. Somebody on the radio today, I think it was Wyman or somebody on Seven Ten, said that maybe there was a thought that the um, because that's natural turf down there that the grass sort of you know people were slipping uh and losing their their footing throughout the game on other plays and maybe that's what happened there too i heard that too um i don't know i would have to watch it again it didn't look like that to me but um i uh, that said i didn't mind it uh i like my my pocket locket he's you know i i hate it when people talked about sean alexander making those business decisions too i just uh i think that's dumb uh, with players that regularly produce so stop it Lockett is uh he's in it to win it and speaking of Lockett, he and dk went out for their presser together again and i just think that is fucking awesome well i just love dk doing his Lockett impression with his touchdown catch <laughs> tiptoe <Yeah>. corner <laughs> i know yeah that was great uh, uh tyler Lockett, by the way uh is about to pass doug baldwin in touchdowns fran- mm-hmm. uh, franchise for the franchise um, and I think that DK, if he gets two more cutters, he will be the most productive receiver in NFL history, if I'm wow. not mistaken, in the first four years. Four years. That's wow. incredible. I think that's, I think I heard that. I, love I just want to, uh, I shout out to DK. Um, yeah. It's really easy for, especially right now with receivers getting paid like they are, right? And um, the, DK is the ultimate team player this season. I think that guy has matured a ton. I think he's become a leader. You know, you you saw, you saw used to see DK every once in a while kind of like have a tantrum, throw fit. Um, and want the ball, you know, be asking for the ball. I want the ball. And it's not like DK's numbers are lighting up the boards right now, but I don't think that matters to him. I think DK right now is if the team's winning, I'm winning. And I I, I love that. I, I don't know what that's a product of. I don't know if it's a product of maturity. I don't know if it's, you know, a new guy at quarterback given some new leadership uh, or Pete Carroll getting in there. Um, but um, shout out to DK. Uh, I see a much improved man. Um, do you agree? Have you seen that? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah I, I remember because until you just mentioned it, it's like, yeah, there's a maturity that I know, that, you know, especially last year, there were more than one time where it was like, yeah. come on, man, stop, stop, totally. stop it. And, and it's just not happening this year. I think he's still yeah. going to, you know, get into it with the guys covering him here and there, but well, we're not wait, as seeing he it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But we're not seeing the dumb plays that we saw last season. Speaking of, I started to see Tariq Wolin chirping uh, on Sunday and uh, I kind of like that. That shows me that's a dude who's uh, really gaining some confidence. I like my cornerbacks to be chirping. I like chirpers in my quarterbacks. So uh, mm. keep it, keep it going, Tariq. I want to see that. I like referring to shit talk as chirping. Chirping, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Should we move on uh, to some Tampa Bay Seahawks predictions? Yeah. Um, 
How you know, did we do? You, uh, how did we do on Sunday, Millie? Well, of course, the three of you uh, predicted that the Hawks would win, and they yeah, did. I, I, thank you for taking one for the team, Millie. I oh, think you're welcome. All of the twelves appreciate that. You're all very welcome. Um, so glad to be wrong. Uh, and then uh, just kind of looking at the projections, Alana and Dan had the same projection, and Curtis went all in at thirty-three seventeen, and I'm declaring him the winner. Yeah, well done. Rightfully yeah. so. Good job. Yeah, nice work. Yeah, I think Scott's going to win this one comfortably. They're making me a little bit nervous for the first two and a half quarters, but and if it wasn't it was very similar, I was just going to throw this in. If this, this in many ways felt like a fairly similar game to the game they played against the Giants, and that for it, did. it was close for a while, but then offensively, they just started to really wear down mm -hmm. the defense. And like that, like that Giants game, I was I just was never nervous. I just felt like that team had it in control. Here's the other thing that I think is interesting. This is way different than you know the Seahawks of the past 10 years. Um, they're not playing heart attack ball right now. And no, I very much appreciate like closing yes. it out in the fourth quarter, like not doing like those last minute drives and stuff like that. Keep, please keep that up. I, I like those comfortable wins. Yeah. I, I want to, and I know we're not going to get, we're about to go into um, predictions, but I just wanted to call out the NFL schedulers for a moment, because like, I think they saw that we took the team that was furthest away from Germany and sent them to Germany. Like, okay, cool. And so they were like, okay, you're going to have a lot of road games at the start of the season. And then you're going to have your bye. And then you're going to have five of seven at home. Yeah. Like, right? what? I'll take it at any time. I mean, five of seven after the bye at home. hundred percent. That's like, that's like, welcome to the playoffs. That's welcome to the number three seed. That's it totally Minnesota looks good, but do they really look that good? Welcome to the number they, two they, seat. they don't, they don't. I, I'm just not sold on Minnesota. I think yeah, they're gonna be I, mean, I think but, they're gonna those, be tanking a little bit. Outside of that, the Niners are a dangerous game, team. They're a dangerous team. And <laughs> they're outside a dangerous of that team. Niners game, I think those are all wins. And that Niners game, I'm not saying it's a loss, but like the Niners are gonna be tough regardless. Um, but like if we come out. You know, we we go and take care of business uh, against Tampa, which my prediction is that uh, we see the Tom Brady of most of this season, and it's uh, twenty eight to thirteen Seahawks, um, uh, and and it's just the exact same game we just watched the past two weeks, where you get you get some early game scuffles, but then at the end of the game, there's nothing. Whatever that defense can do to stop Gino. Um, but I, you know, like I'm looking at the second half of the season and I think our two loss, I think we're losing two more times this season and that's at KC and at LA. Um, and it's only because Mahomes and it's only because LA, uh, uh, and that, that would put us at, um, 12 and five. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that that's good enough for the two seed. It could be. I, I don't see Minnesota um, uh, producing like they did. I think their schedule have, gets a lot harder. Gets a very lot soon. harder. And they've been playing some close games and getting some good bounces. Um, yeah, I agree with that. And that's a good prediction, Alana. What do you got, Curtis? How, what, are you, what are you predicting? 
It's interesting. Um, so Tampa Bay offensively is like, I believe either the 30th or the 31st worst offensive scoring team in the league, worst DVOA in the league. Uh, they have, they don't have any explosive receivers. They don't have receivers outside of the one big douchebag that uh, Brady likes to throw to. Um, uh, Fournette's been benched as a running back they just they're just not a very explosive offense so this is a really good matchup for seattle's defense and it's a really bad matchup i think for brady this week going up against a resurgent um aggressive fast hard-hitting um seattle defense that doesn't have to worry about a scrambling quarterback um but i will say also uh the tampa bay defense is pretty good uh they are they they're the third best um quarterback sacking team in the league and i think they're 11th best at getting turnovers um but they're not that great against the run and Interestingly enough, in all of that, they are one of the worst red zone defenses in the league. They give up a interesting. A so this is very interesting. So in a way, it's like, you know, I can anticipate uh, this being kind of a rough one for a while for the Seattle offense. I think it's going to be a rough one throughout the game for the Tampa Bay offense. But um there's chinks in the armor of that tampa bay defense that makes me think that a run game getting going some explosive plays happening um built off of the run game that get us into the red zone is going to get seattle touchdowns in this game so i'm gonna say something pretty close to alana i'm gonna say 24 13 seahawks nice we score I, touchdowns they kick field goals we win the game i i i i agree with everything you said curtis um that i think this defense is a brady buster um you know the the how you beat brady is by getting in his face and um you know you don't have to sack him it's hard to sack brady because he can get the ball out so fast but you have to make him uncomfortable and you have to get in his face our defense can do that and our defense can do that without blitzing, which means we can cover more receivers. Um, and Tampa doesn't have a run game. Like their run game is abhorrent. So I, I think that the defensive scheme is going, I, they don't have to stack a box. I think that they can rely on their front four or maybe even, you know, like a front three, if they, if they really want to play with their interior linemen um, and get after Brady, um, I think they're going to make him uncomfortable. I think Brady's going to throw an interception in this game. I don't know if we're going to get a lot of sacks, but I think we're going to get a lot of hits. I think we're going to pound him. Um, and I think Waldron is going to call a really sort of slow game. I think we're going to run it. Um, and I think we're going to do that, you know, methodical nine to 13 play uh, drives. Um, Brady's going to get his because he does. I'm saying 27, 17. 
I just want to say, Newell, I, I disagree with you about the sacks. I think we'll be all over him. I hope so. Uh, and I think Nuoso gets another two. Go ahead, Oh, Mia. man. Oh, Nuoso. Yeah, He's yeah. So my, uh, so, uh, as usual, my, my interesting facts of things to think about is that Brady has never lost outside of the country. Uh, he is he is very good at playing these faraway games. Uh, so we're going to deal him that first loss. I love the stories that I'm hearing about what our organization has done in order to make sure that our team feels good and is ready to go. Um, They've done everything from installing a basketball hoop because they have basketball hoops everywhere in their practice facilities to they pre-shipped everybody's practice uniforms and the shoes that they want to wear on game day to make sure none of this stuff gets lost or stuck in customs. They have, um, they've done a lot to make sure it's all ready for them when they get there and there's no stress from that travel. And I think that is a huge thing, especially for this team and how they operate on such Mm -hmm. a team level that everybody needs to have their things make sense to me. (laughs) Um, I absolutely think we're going to win this game. And, um, I, I think we're going to sack Brady. Nothing makes him more insecure than some sacks. A hundred percent. So I want to see sacks on sacks on sacks. And I am going to call this, uh, Hawks 24 bucks, 17 and that is three field goals, one touchdown, and a two-point conversion. Nice. I, love I just it. want to say, we were talking in the chat beforehand, and I said something to the effect of um, Seattle being a uh, less of an art city uh, than it has been, unfortunately. <laughs> You're not wrong. But yeah. you know what we are really good at as a city? is fucking logistics. And what <laughs> Millie was just describing was like, that's, I mean, UPS, or sorry, you, yeah, UPS was invented here. Yeah, that's where we started. It started here. Uh, Amazon started here. Now, that's like, right. say what you will about Amazon. They understand what logistics means. Um, Boeing was started here. Boeing was started here. Those are all companies, Microsoft. Uh, these are all companies that understand logistics and the process of getting things done. And to hear that the team, and that's the first I've heard of it, uh, put as a priority, shipping their practice uniforms out, shipping their shoes out, making it the environment in Germany welcoming them at, to them, it makes me almost want to change my, my prediction uh, because I, I have full and complete faith that they're going to clobber. They're just going to, they're going to grind, they're going to be ready, and they're just going to beat them. And it'll feel so good. Uh, if What's the over-under on Tom Brady temper tantrums? <laughs> what's the yeah. over-under on broken how, equipment? How many Two? Microsoft tablets is he going to break in Germany? Right. Yeah. Boone is going to break Brady. <laughs> He's going to break them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. Oh, yeah. I'm saying I'm 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 giving the over under it two 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 Microsoft tablets, <laughs> two tantrums. <laughs> yeah. 
Here's another interesting little inside the the game the game within the game thing. So Todd Bowles is coaching the Buccaneers. Todd Bowles was the New York Jets coach that decided to bench Geno Smith in favor of Ryan Fitzpatrick. So Geno's continuing his fuck you tour against Tampa Bay. Gino, Gino's I, I, probably going to work really hard to not, you know, let the emotions stir up. But I can guarantee you, Gino Smith wants to win this fucking game. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. hilarious. I love it. Um, well, that's great. Um, I I hope the Hawks roll in Germany and get their win and come home and they get a week off and we can like if they can go into that by seven and three. Holy cats! It reminds me a little bit of that 05 season where um, that Seahawks team started out kind of bad. They lost that first game in Jacksonville, and I think mm-hmm. they started out two and three, but they went into their bye five and two. Uh, or or uh, maybe they started out. No, oh, I can't remember. I can't, yeah, yeah, two and three, I think, right? I can't remember. Uh, whatever it was, they they started out poorly. They went into their bye like five and two, um, and then ran the table. Um, and uh, you know, like all the power rankings this season, they the, that season the, um, that team had some expectations, but they were hanging around sort of like the twelve to ten um area in the power rankings before they just started slowly climbing their way back up that power ranking just like the seattle seahawks team although in the power rankings the seattle seahawks team started out this season and most power rankings around number 30 28 mm-hmm. 29 and now they're in the top 10 for everybody um and i think they should be ranked even higher i think uh i think some of the national media are still kind of sitting on them a little bit um, breaking news that I wanted to share real quick. Oh, yeah. um, they called the race for John Fetterman over. Oh, I saw that a while ago. Yeah. Oh my God, that's great. Oh, that's that's great. it's just good. It, it it makes me feel good to be a human. Yeah, that's great. Dems um, have forty eight seats in the Senate right now, projected, and the GOP has forty seven. So we're still yeah, waiting that's on a, a top race. It's a really tight race. I We're think not going to favors... know a lot for at least a week or so. No. Yeah, no, and that no, Georgia no. one might be a runoff. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. 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 I think it will be as well. Um, Sorry, um, I just thought that would be good news for a lot of our viewers. That's, that's great news. And uh, by the way, like Patty Murray winning, and I don't have to watch another fucking Tiffany Smiley uh, ad on my sports Oh, or listening God. to my sports or watching my Hulu. Yeah. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Um, in, uh, in other great news, the Kraken just got their fifth win in a row and a dominating 5-1 performance against the Predators. Um, that team has come alive. And like the Seahawks and like the Mariners, they started out the season slow, but with some buy-in uh, and a bunch of, you know, players that I don't, I hate saying no name players because it's not true, but it's, but I think, I think what I want to say is um, 
I don't, I don't know. I, I, I think these are players that are good and, and don't get the respect that they deserve. Um, and it's coaches that, um, that build a community in the locker room. Um, Scott Service and, and Haxtell and Pete Carroll, I think all three of them are coaches like that. And, uh, and they're, um, they're big on chemistry um, and these teams playing for each other. And, uh, and the Kraken are doing that right now. And now the Kraken are eight, four, and two, and second in the Western Conference and fourth in the entire league. And I mean, I, I think this Kraken team is going to make the playoffs. And I, I don't think it's too early to call that. This Kraken team is good. Maddie Beneers, their, their rookie, is, uh, is uh, favored to win um, their rookie of the year. He's leading all rookies in scoring. Their free agents that they brought in um, have been producing. Uh, but this team is looks different than last year's team. Last year's team looked like a team of patchwork players that had never played together. Um, and then they did a fire sale at the end of that season and Haxtell got rid of the players who weren't buying into the program. So now he has a team of players who have bought into the program and have bought into each other and they're playing like it. Um, it was a dominating win and they've been dominating uh, the past four games. Um, the defense is better, but the offense is creative. It's urgent um, that you can, you can see that there's communication between the players on the ice uh, and they're getting those really cool goals that you see other team that you were seeing other teams do against the Kraken last season. And it's just, uh, it's really fun to watch. So I love that this year, 2022, uh, is the year of Seattle sports. And it's also the year of the players uh, of just like, we don't need like the superstar. We don't need a blue chipper. We can lean on each other and we can be good as a team. And, uh, and, you know, if, if we love each other and we play like that and we play hard, we can win games and it's showing. And I, you know, I hope that becomes like the Seattle identity. If that, if that's the Seattle identity, from here on out, man, what a great legacy. I think that's awesome. Um, who else is at Millie? I've been watching some Kraken. I've only gotten to see um, a little bit because we don't have root sports anymore. But I did watch all of tonight's game, which was a fantastic game to choose. Which, of course, I chose because it was on TNT. Right. Uh, but, I mean, they scored their first goal in the first minute. And yeah. Stayed on it top. It didn't let up. Yeah. It was it was fun. It was engaging. It was fast. There's they're just they are they I mean, you know, they looked like that last season because it was their first season. Right. And and now there is a cohesiveness um and and they they look like a real NHL hockey team now. They look like a real <laughs> NHL hockey team. That that's you it. Know? I mean, that's that's the thing. I mean, and you know, say what you will, but I mean, maybe it's just that buoy magic. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I, it's I, a little I, troll magic. That's right. I think. Uh, I think I'm gonna. I should tweet that out to uh, to Haxel. I say you you owe your season <laughs> buoy. That's right. It's, it's all about buoy. Um, buoy's the best, and just remember, it's for the kids. 
I've no, talked I to so many people. It's growing on me. Yeah. I don't understand the people who hate Bowie. I think Bowie's great. Bowie's, I mean, he's the Fremont trove, trove yeah. of a hipster. Like, like, come on. It's, I know. It's, it's Seattle. How much more <laughs> Seattle, Seattle can you get? Come yeah. on. I will yeah. say, I figured out my 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 only thing with like the look of it. They they did a little video with some other um some other mascots, and they're like supposed to be a like a band, and they're singing and whatever. And the shape of the troll head, because of the shape of it, it lands basically at the shoulders because it's a big old brick of a head. Yeah. When you look at the other ones, they all have these tapered lower parts to their heads. So when they move, their heads sort of bob around like a bobblehead. And it's a little extra jauntiness that when Bowie does it, looks like a big brick on shoulders, which is very (laughs) troll-like. It's very troll-like, but it's not quite, you know, the super fun bobbly head of the devil, right? Like it's or 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 gritty. Sure, right? Like (laughs) so, you know, we might need to do a little fine tuning to that costume, but on the whole, I actually have come to find uh, Bowie's kind of fun. And yeah, it's for the kids. The plush for the kids. The plush buoy is adorable. Come on. Is it? I know. Yeah. Yeah. He's got an earring. He's got a little tentacle coming out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. (laughs) I know. You know uh, what drives you crazy is like, well, why could it should be a it should be a kraken or an octopus or something like that? It's like, what if mascots ever match the mascot? You know what I mean? I mean, you got a mariner moose. You know, yeah. yeah when we, when it was the Sonics, we had a Sasquatch. And really, we have to look at, at uh, Philadelphia. Awesome. We have to look at Philadelphia in this in this particular capacity because Absolutely. the Philly fanatic is like is one of the best mascots in sports, and right. Gritty and what the fuck is, is the it? other right. best mascot in sports? <laughs> totally. so like, and neither of those things have anything to do with the team. Anything? Right. Yeah. They also have two of the worst mascots in sports because I, I would really encourage you to um I forgot the 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 rabbit that is the mascot for the 76ers. It's like uh hip hop something. Uh oh. and it's blocking terrible. <laughs> and uh the eagle that's a mascot for the Eagles is similarly terrible. For whatever reason, the NFL doesn't do mascots well. No. They no. don't. Yeah, that's true. The NFL doesn't do mascots well. Because um, everything is too serious in the NFL. I, and think, with, that's, I think that's right. Yeah, it's yeah. very Blitz on is the fun. I like Blitz. I like Blitz, Blitz is fun, but also Blitz is a Seahawk. That's not yeah. fun. Like, I also like, if Mariners you're talking about mascots moves. for the Seahawks, give me Tama, the actual Seahawk. Right, right. <laughs> you know, like the real thing. Um, one I'm of the having... things I will say about the the actual Kraken and how they're playing is looking at some of the just sort of the statistics and the standings. You know, there's one, two, three other. There's three teams: the Kraken, the Kings, and the Oilers, who all have eight wins right now. So yeah, yeah. we're in second, but we're there with two other teams. But our differential is plus nine, and I think yeah. that's the mm-hmm. most telling thing mm-hmm. when you look at last season. We're not only were we not good, we couldn't score. We right. just couldn't. And the few times we did, we got outscored. We right? were blown out Even so many games. We're at plus nine. Like the Kings are at th- at minus three. Like mm-hmm. we have a real chance here because we are actually, we have the offense. 
that we didn't we have last year. So and, uh, I see hope. I see real hope for that playoff that you want so bad. I, I do too. And you know, in the, especially in like this five game win streak, it's not like we've been beating up on lower rung teams. We beat good teams. Oh yeah. Um, and you know, that's a really good sign. I, I, I think this, um, yeah, I think, uh, I'm just really excited and, uh, go Kraken. It's fun to watch. It's fun to have the Mariners being good, the Kraken, the Seahawks, the Huskies. Um, so uh, it's just all good. I mean, even the storm, you know, who, uh, who went to the, the conference championship, like this is, this mm-hmm. is a great year for Seattle sports. Um, yeah. Yep. I, I, I don't know. Was it, was it the curse of Russell Wilson? Who? It could have been. And because all these teams that play for each other and they're playing with so much fun and they're playing with star rookies and like yeah like these these the characters on these teams are so engaging and so interesting i got a i have a theory with seattle sports this is not this is not the market this is not the region for the superstar athlete mm-hmm. like like mm-hmm. it is i mean we've, we've got superstar athletes we've had them we ha- i think we have some emerging in this town but um i would and and maybe i should say it more succinctly like the diva superstar athlete like i i just don't think that i don't think that people in this region identify with that we identify more with the underdog sort of mentality the blue Mm -hmm. collar and the players that sort of the blue I, i disagree with the blue collar but i agree with the underdog well i didn't say blue collar Oh, Dan, Dan did. I was sorry. Well, I think Seattle used to be a very blue collar town, but it's changed over the years. Yeah. I just, I, I want to, when you say it's not a place for superstar athlete, I, I, I would bring uh, the adoration that we have for Ken Griffey, the mm-hmm. adoration that we have for Ichiro Suzuki, mm-hmm. um, and uh, maybe baseball is outside of that um, overall. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's, I would agree that we like the underdog. We like somebody who's playing the game and we like somebody who's playing the game for the right reasons. Each right. will play the game because he wanted to create a beautiful game. Like that's, yeah. that's his entire reason for yeah. existence. Griffey uh, played the game like a 12 year old kid. Exactly. Yeah. And Julio yeah. plays the game like a 12 year old kid. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like uh, Gino plays the game because he understands the game. Yeah, and and that level of intelligence and interaction with the mechanisms that make football an awesome sport um, make him lovable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I agree with you, Curtis, that we don't we don't want divas. Yeah, um, I think and, that, that 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 was the trap that Russ I think fell into mm-hmm. here was that he he wanted. He wanted the entourage. He wanted the limelight. He wanted, you know, he wanted all the. He wanted to be the stuff, guy. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And desperately. Yeah. yeah. And while Ken Griffey Jr. Ken Griffey Jr. didn't have the entourage and stuff, but he had the video game and he had the Nike right. and he had everything, yeah. but he earned it. Like, yeah. it's right. not like Griffey wa- was, was, desperately begging for it like it felt like russell wilson was and i will say like 
I think Seattle turned on Sean Alexander when, you know, it came out that uh, he was pissed at Mike Holmgren for not giving him a chance to get the, um, the, the rushing crown that year, that 2004, yeah. 2005 or whatever it was. Yeah. I think that's when, I think that's when Seattle turned on Sean Alexander because they felt like he was being a bit of a diva, um, which is, that you know, you never heard that coming. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, but I, but I think that's true. And I think that's like, you know, I love Russell Wilson for the production that he did. Um, uh, we'd never had a quarterback who produced like that, but he, but he wasn't my favorite. Matt Hasselbeck has always been my favorite quarterback. And now Geno Smith is like challenging that. You know what I mean? Like I love Geno Smith and I love Geno Smith. Like I love Matt Hasselbeck, which is just like these dudes coming to work, um, you know, ready to play and playing for their teammates and, and doing nothing more than that. It's nothing more than what they're doing on the field and what they're doing for their team. Um, and I think this Seahawks team is just full of that with Tyler and DK and um, Nuosu and all those guys, you know, Diggs and everybody. Uh, it's fun to watch. Really fun to watch. Uh, should we get in some Dorgan? Yeah. Let's get in some Dorgan. Who wants to start? Curtis, you want to start with some Dorgan? Yeah, I'll, I'll make mine real quick. Um, so like two weeks ago, uh, I went on a little... Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, a little bit of a tirade about uh, Star Wars and Andor. Andor, yeah. I was kind of trashing the Andor for not having all. Yeah, the it doesn't have Wookies and and space lightsabers wizards and lightsabers and Yodas and all that sort of business. Yeah. Last week's episode of Andor was fucking phenomenal. It was like one Is of that the finale. No. No, it's not. There, there, there's more to come, and I'm not sure it's wrapping up soon with the way in which the. But it was, it was a stellar episode, and I don't use that word lightly. It was, uh, it was great television. It was great, yeah. And and so, um, I'm just gonna say uh, everything I said two weeks ago uh, was crap. It was garbage. It was trash talking needlessly. You know, I mean, that's that's where we're at now in society is, you know, we have to have our hot takes. We have to have that's our right. quick decisions on things. We can't let things, you know, sort of, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, just kind of simmer on a stove for a while. We need instant, immediate shit to say. And so I fell into that trap two weeks ago and I take it all back. I think Andor is wonderful and I can't wait to watch the new episode tomorrow. I think I think Disney accepts your apology, Curtis. Well, they should. They're really down and out that Disney. They don't they're not making a lot of that's right. A lot of content. They're not making a yeah. lot of money. But but I do want to commend you for sticking with it despite that. Like I you 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 were saying that it's something that is um not present in our society but i think it's very true of you you know like you stick with the you, you dance with the girl who brung you right it's mm-hmm. not yeah. really brung you and mm-hmm. you're gonna stick it out and you're gonna watch the whole thing you're gonna stick out all of she hulk or whatever whatever particular marvel okay. movie that you're not sticking with you're gonna you're gonna commit to it and you're gonna appreciate it for what it brings on its own terms 
and that's an admirable quality. Yeah. It is. More more people need that in this world right now. That's what I say. Yeah. Right. So everybody, you know, like stick with your metaphorical andor for the sake yes. of the world, god damn it. <laughs> Millie, what are you talking out about? You know, I've been racking my brain and, and I'm just not talking out about anything right now, which is which is a little uh, a little disappointing. No, I, I'm I'm I with you. I was racking everyone. my brain. Uh, here's what I'm talking out about. Seattle sports. Uh, that's that's what I'm talking out about. Yeah, Every honestly, day I'm watching I, something. I've been spending so much time listening to fantasy podcasts that I, I haven't had a lot of time for other things. No, <laughs> this is this is my thing. This is what I want to say. When a team is good and exciting and fun to watch, I will consume every ounce of content about that team. And that's all I do. So the Seahawks have a great win uh, against the Giants. That entire week, all I'm doing is trolling all the sports sites I know, reading everything I can about the Seahawks and Geno Smith and how good they are, because I just love the validation from the national media <laughs> saying that these Seattle Seahawks are good. And it's the same thing with the Kraken. So if I'm not watching the Seahawks and I'm not watching the Kraken and now the Mariners season is over, I'm reading about the Kraken and the Mariners and the Seahawks. That's all I'm doing right now. That's okay. That's that's dorks on sports. I am dorking about Seattle sports. Are you with me? I am with you. Of okay. course. Yeah. What are you dorking out about, Alana? Uh, I went and saw Tar, um, which is a movie about Kate, uh, about a film composer. Or sorry, not film composer. A um, got. Uh, the person who conduct a conductor uh, who conducts a symphonic orchestra, and yes. uh, it is uh, it is sitting with me. It is it has been sitting with me since I saw it on Sunday evening. Um, it was the performance was from Kate Blanchett was pretty phenomenal. Uh, the The thing about the movie that intrigued me the most was that it only asked questions it did not have a moral judgment over this character um and it, it's really about we we join the movie at her peak and watch what happens to her into a descent into um effectively being canceled uh and i have some issues with the idea of cancel culture because it doesn't exist and the only it people doesn't actually the only people who actually get punished by cancel culture are people who are not in power or people who are um, not uh, cishet white men. Totally. Um, because like Louis C.K. is still winning. That was going to be my example. If cancel culture and, existed, why is Louis C.K. still, you know. And why what? is Dave Chappelle hosting Saturday Night Live? Exactly. exactly. Like, again, now. So, and why is J.K. Rowling still publishing books? Uh, <laughs> right. she's, she is not, she is a bad example in that case, but she, she's also a billionaire, so fuck her. <laughs> but anyway, um, the performances, specifically from Kate Blanchett, were astounding. Uh, the storytelling, like this is as tightly a written script as I've ever seen. Uh, and when, I, I think I mentioned when Curtis brought up Andor, 
a couple of weeks ago, I, I said, um, it's adult Star, it's Star Wars for adults. This is a movie that is for adults. This is a movie that invites you to come in with the understanding that you're going to sit, you're going to watch, and you're going to think, and you're going to let it impact you, and you're going to let it um, exist in its own terms, but then you're going to have, you're going to have a dialogue with it uh, throughout the movie. And like, I was watching at various points, like completely sitting forward in my, in my seat uh, versus sitting back and just like every single point I was just, I had my hand on my mouth because that's my, that's my thinking, thinking phase. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Um, and it, it, it's it's burrowed inside me, and the the fact that is that it, it was built in a style that emphasized the question and without the answer, and it made me think a lot about we don't have any moral morality police in our in our world, and that's a good thing, of course, because everybody lives under different morals. But when we start to like apply our moral code to someone else, like we're judging them based on something that they didn't necessarily agree with or agree to. Uh, and like, but at the same time, and, and a part of the reason that I'm having this kind of like uh, really friction filled interaction with it is there's a, an entire scene that's at the very start of the movie where she deconstructs someone's reaction to Bach which is based around the fact that he is a um, bisexual uh, pangender person and he views Bach as being a representative of misogyny. And she kind of takes that and dissects it into uh, what is most accurately uh, portrayed as a YouTube response, right? Um, and, And in doing that, she is also an asshole, but he his, in my opinion, his argument breaks because she is able to demonstrate, like theater artists with Shakespeare, you need to have Bach because he created the language. He created the language of classical music. She Shakespeare created the language of theater in a lot of ways, and at least mm-hmm. in terms of how we use of it. Of modern like, theater, sure. Of modern, yeah, exactly. Um, and so we, you know, Shakespeare isn't like it's old dead white male theater, but it has relevance because it created the created the language. And so like I'm I'm navigating all of these things because of what I believe, how I feel, who I am, all those things. And it's just it's 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 a mind worm of a movie. Uh and I think it's it's worth seeing. So I would encourage you to see that. Have you Man. seen Todd Field's other, his other two I have movies? not seen either of his other movies. Um, I, I haven't either. I just have a friend who basically feels like he has made three like near perfect movies and that he just takes his time with them and that he is really truly just sort of this, this under the radar auteur as a director. And um I, I definitely want to see Tara. I've, I've heard such good things, mm-hmm. but it's also made me go back. I was like, I know that I know these movies. What are they? And it's little children. And, and in the bedroom. bedroom. And they're all very adult 
movie. Yes. Very mature subject matter. Um, and, and oftentimes that scares me because I really like to let my brain escape, but every now and then I'm willing to go there. And uh, it sounds like this is definitely worth that. I think it's worth a full dissection. It, it really is. And I also wanted, I also saw another movie this weekend, which was After Sun, um, which is like, it, it, Curtis, that would be a movie for you. Maybe if you don't want to, if, if you're not in like a Marvel mood, because it's about a, a dad traveling with his daughter to a resort in Turkey, but it turns out that's the last time she ever saw him. Uh, and it, it was a weeper. As a father, as a parent, I don't like father. As a dad, mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I was a mess at the end of the movie. If that's if that's your thing, I like crying in movies a lot. Um, I do too. Uh, but that one was, and I invited Daniel, but he was working. Um, uh, that movie made me weep. So, and that's I like that. What's the name of the film? After Sun. After Sun. It's a really emotional, tender movie. So if that's not your thing, then totally don't worry about it. I mean, Tar it can be my thing. I, uh, I, yeah. I kind of want to see the uh, Wakanda Forever movie. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to see that this time I, I, in the weekend. I, 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 I can, yeah. I mean, any, any storyline that I watch where it's a father and it's a child. I mean, I... You know, I couldn't stand most of the Thor Love and Thunder movie, but when it got to that last leg of the movie where it became, you know, he and a kid, then I was kind of like, oh, okay, now I'm actually excited about the next Thor movie. You know, so, <laughs> you know, it's just like I, I, I dig, yeah, yeah, yeah. I dig being a dad. I dig that. I dig that thing. So it'd probably be something I would watch. Is Tar is Tar playing in the theaters or is that streaming? Uh, I saw it in the theaters. I went to um, the Thornton Creek up here. I got Thornton out. Place. Yeah, I, I think it's 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 a three hour movie. Yeah, so we're in we're in Oscar bait season. Yeah, yeah. I gotta I gotta start seeing some movies. All right, that sounds fantastic. I'm gonna have to check some stuff out. Uh, hey, if you're listening to this podcast and you like what you hear, you should check out Curtis's blog, 12life.com. There's always some really, really good stuff on there, and he writes a lot during the football season. And if you like this podcast, you should uh, you should follow us. If you're not already, hit that plus button or the subscribe or that check mark wherever you're listening to us. You can find us on Spotify and Apple and Audible and Stitcher and Google and I don't know, anywhere you can find your podcast. And if you can't find us, let us know and we'll add you. Uh, once again, my name is Daniel. For Milialana, Curtis, the rest of the twelves saying goodbye and go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Das ist gut. <laughs> <laughs>